Hello and welcome, folks, to episode 118 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and that geezer over there is Andy, a.k.a. the Archbishop of Banterbury, in it. The Archbishop in of Canterbury, in it. Banterbury. Of Banterbury. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Lockstock quote? <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think it might be in between us. In between us? <laughs> That's that depressing. Class. They're all old now. Didn't they have a reunion show recently that went just disastrously wrong? Yes. Yeah, it was. I heard about that. Well, you've set your stall out then. I'm expecting belly laughter of, you know, high quality bants today then. Apples you and pears. be on the highest of form. Apples and pears. <laughs> How's your father? <laughs> he's all right he's getting on okay thanks <laughs> how's your f-ing nuggets oh well after that's you've already given me a, a bleep haven't you oh. <laughs> bad words yes oh. <laughs> that's not bants that's just being annoying <laughs> <laughs> well welcome everybody once again to the ministry of dice two weeks have passed we know it's been a lonely void without our luxurious warm tones to get you through somewhere in the region of an hour of your day <laughs> but we're back we're back to give you that now how's all your dark phoenix saga stuff you enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> is it good oh, oh dear. how are you oh, doing so... north america are you enjoying what? it are you doing all the drafts are you <laughs> we'll have it before you guys at this rate We'll talk about that in a minute, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Bennett. Yeah, 118 episodes, still cracking on. We've got a belter today. 118, 118. <laughs> 118, 118. <laughs> got your number. <laughs> 118, Maureen. Oh, she's cheap. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, belter of an episode all lined up for you. But before we get into the main segments... The feature segments, if you will. I always like to ask, what have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded, my friend? Well, there's a couple of games that I'd like to discuss. The first one, yeah, the first one was one of the most annoying games I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> saw the end of this podcast. <laughs> Any further involvement in Dice Masters. I didn't actually imagine it would be that horrible. I honestly, I mean, I have set out to make teams that irritating in the past. So you'd be forgiven for thinking I did that deliberately. But I promise you, honestly, I really thought it was just a weird janky combo team. I didn't realize it was going to be that. <laughs> I put that effort impressive. into like putting a team together and stuff. And I can't remember what it did now. It had all the <laughs> like good little combos. It had, team, yeah. had Dum Dum Duggan on it. It had like Psyche. Oh, it was um, Lita. With sidekicks and Dum Dum Duggan, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, right. to build it up and uh, and make it, you know, it's a fun little, you know, sidekicky Buffy combos. But phew, I don't know if I bothered. <laughs> they did you no good at all. <laughs> uh, you, you can't do much when you've got eight characters all with fra- freeze tokens or whatever they are, stun tokens on them, so you can't tackle block with them. <laughs> yeah. We should put this in context for the listeners. So two weeks ago, we were playing Golden. Not smash your face, but, you know, 
make a half decent team, somewhat casual. And I've, I for a little while have been playing around with this idea in my head around stun tokens. And I wanted to play Mr. Freeze. So I made this team of Mr. Freeze and Absorbing Man, the one that repeats, uh, copies a, a when fielded effect. And then I put a load of stuff in there that just chokes your purchase power, like Sage, that means everything's cost one more to field and things. And I got it up and running quite quick and just spammed the Mr. Freeze like a maniac. Yeah, and then knocked him out with blue eyes and did it all over again. <laughs> did it all over again. And Andy's entire team, all eight cards, were stun tokened up. And do you know what else as well? Somebody messaged me after watching the video and said, do you know what, Chris, just a quick FYI, I'm pretty sure you can actually stack the freeze tokens. Really? Yeah. So I was obviously going, oh, who's not got a freeze token on them? And he said, well, they all have, and I just didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, you could have been putting double, doubling and tripling them up. Uh, I, yeah, this is what this individual, I can't remember who it was who messaged me, but that's what they thought. I, I, n- I never went away and looked into it. So if anyone out there knows or can confirm or deny uh, that claim, then please do let me know whether... Uh, they, they could have been stacked, but it didn't really matter anyway because you were just locked out, weren't you? Completely locked out. Yeah. That's, but That's one to avoid if you want to watch a YouTube video. But what made it worse was that none of my characters had really any, other than Mr. Freeze himself, I had no strength. There was, there was, <laughs> so I had all your characters locked out. You couldn't go anywhere and do anything. But, <laughs> but all my characters had like one or two attack and it took me, me turns to kill you. <laughs> Went on for like for an age. It felt like an age. <laughs> yeah, I am sorry. I genuinely, I genuinely did not intend for the team to be so horribly oppressive and annoying. But even I knew it as I was playing it. I think that there's a moment in the video where I said like, uh, like there's a big sigh on my part. I'm like, oh. <laughs> in the end, someone in chat was like, Chris, just buy your blue eyes. Just actually buy the dragon and put it out will you please (laughs) and just hit him with a big dragon (laughs) so yeah that was one game but there's a second game you wanted to talk about there was a second game which was uh really as a result of that game is that uh well we went golden again i was sick of losing so i took a bard team (laughs) dusted off bard from three years since i've played with that card uh, and uh, and whacked uh the old classics the bard the elf thief the oracle the yeah. um oh fiendish fighter i can never remember his first name skeletal doom caliber knight. that's him doom caliber knight all the old nasties the imprisons let's not forget the imprisons Oof. no in fact that's the 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 bard bothered me less than the imprisoned largely speaking i can't remember what you played what did you play uh mask ring mask ring yeah so it was pretty solid it wasn't uh yeah 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 it wasn't uh, i wasn't a pushover yeah i did manage to chalk up my first win of 2022 yeah yes you you did absolutely so let's thank you thank you thank you thank you so what we are now five one five one yeah i think you're gonna take your second game tonight actually i don't (laughs) oh you don't my team's dreadful so mine's (laughs) horrific I can't. All mine have got fielding costs of two. I don't know how I'm going to get anything out. But uh, yeah, it was a good game. Good game to get the you know the old win conditions out. I knew you were going to come out swinging, so I went with one of my old favourite power teams. I don't know what you yeah. call it. I went for Mask Ring, um, but with it, I added a, a few modern twists in there. So obviously, a Mask team you've got to put Asker on it nowadays. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. 
I had another modern card in there, but I can't remember what. But the, uh, if, if folks out there, if you're relatively new to the game, uh, it's a card called Lantern Ring Limited by Only by Imagination from the War of Light set, and it gives your characters an extra ability, essentially as if they're wearing the ring, where when they attack, they do a point of damage to your opponent for each matching energy to their energy type in your reserve pool. So I was swarming multiple men was what I was doing to generate a lot of masks attacking with them and then static fielding them back although when i was editing the video to post it i did notice i had lethal at one point and didn't take it did you yeah because i forgot about my static field i could have pulled my own characters back well how that would have given you lethal uh not lethal sorry i um yeah i misspoke then i had something like a 15 point hit that i could have done and i didn't do it because i said out loud oh but i don't want the backswing of your attack and all my you'll let them all through and so I didn't attack, but I had enough masks to attack, do a load, do like 15 points of damage, and then pull them back to static field. Yeah. Oof. So, so there was a, a misplay that I noticed. I don't think it would have actually won me the game necessarily. Um, and if I had have done it, you may have changed. You, know, you can never judge these things, can you? Because you, you'd have changed up somehow to yeah, respond to what. my move. So, or have. Um, but yeah. yeah, not lethal, sorry. Well, it was close to lethal, because I think if you hadn't let them through... I can't remember. I was adding it up in my head when I was editing it, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. That's a misplay. I could have done that. Just completely forgot about my static field. And what had happened was, because you were Doom Caliber Knighting and Elf Thiefing, I just sort of dismissed the static field in my head. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like just shut shut it down in my head, not thinking that I could use it on my own stuff. <laughs> Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's 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 fun to play around with the um the old favourites and then mix in some of the newer ones. I because I, I knew you were going to bring oh the the PXG hate the the various broadcast various broadcast which pretty much when used right takes all the fun out of PXG. So I went with a Xanathar instead so that I could mm. use the old kind of what used to be ring res when you can take a dice out of your use pile uh, in this case with Xanathar put it into your prep although the ring I think used to just bring it into your use pile um, uh, to your reserve pool uh, and then uh, res it over to try and manage the bag that yeah. way because I knew that PXG was just going to get shut down and used against me or we'd have to have a little dueling match where we both had PX, PXG is obviously global we both have that we both have nefarious broadcasts that were churning around to try and stop it so i I went with that instead, which was cool. Yeah, this is really making me sound like a total fun stealer. <laughs> you are. Mad oppressive control that annoyed me to hell, nearly ended the podcast, and then you took away my PXG fun. You're like throwing your toys out the pram. <laughs> you still won, though. Still won. Yeah. <laughs> Big up. Uh, yeah. And that, yeah, that, that that's the, the two games that I've played. Uh, yeah, very good. Okay, well, I mean, obviously I was there for those games too, um, so I'll not dwell on those. Uh, on the non-Dice Masters front, we've had a bit of family gaming going on. The storms over here meant that we were barricaded in and un- unable to go out and about for a couple of days. And so we've had, hey, that's my fish out, an old one. That I don't, have I mentioned that before? Hey, that's my fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about loads. I've, I've got a copy from your recommendation oh very good yeah um so yeah put a few games of that the other night and then we played something else what was the other thing we played beast of balance you did uh, yes i did how did you know that oh because you've seen my insta Facebooks. yeah <laughs> on facebook yeah 
uh, a bit of Beast of Balance as well. We're trying to. Uh, I love Beast of Balance. There's a, there's a Kickstarter expansion that I went in on about five years ago that's still yet to turn up. Huh. That's an exaggeration, but well, actually, it might not be two years ago at least, um, which has been hit by global production logistics and supply chain issues. So my kids are desperate for the dinosaurs. And they haven't come. But that's a really good one. I recommend any family folks out there, I'd recommend that one. It was going for really cheap on Amazon. It comes around every now and again as a 30-pounder, which I think is an absolute bargain for the amount of time you get out of it. But there's an app. And as you balance the creatures, you can uh, like crossbreed them and stuff. It's a bit Pokemon-y in a way, you know, and uh, level them up and make new versions of, of the creatures. Nice. Uh, and so we, we, we weren't really playing the game in the sense of trying to get the balance the tallest, craziest tower, which is the sort of core game of it. We were playing the game because my son wanted to try and unlock more of the hidden creatures. So that was quite good. Nice. Uh, and, and then my G.I. Joe deck builder, I think I mentioned that I'd had the email finally saying it's on its way. It came. It arrived. Uh, so I had that out the other day, just played a, a, a solitaire game just following the, you know, your first playthrough using the example game in the manual yeah. kind of thing. And just played along with that and then watched the YouTube video and played along with the YouTube video. So I've not had a proper game yet. I've just done kind of learner games at this moment in time. How's it looking, um, though? Is it any good? Yeah, pretty decent. It's it's a, a fairly standard debt builder, really. But there's just these little twists uh, around it. So you have your missions that you have to complete and you can only complete the missions with certain combinations. Like, you know, this, this mission requires you to have a character with stealth, uh, and a character with explosives or you know you're going to go plant a bomb in a cobra base or something um and so there's an element of deck building but then once you've you build your deck up to get past the mission that's in front of you but then the next mission that lands it might be i don't know you need a a character with you know a pilot and a and a ninja or you know somebody can parachute or whatever i can't remember the exact you know the the like characteristics and so, but you've built your deck to be stealthy and explosives. So there's like a whole thing, and there's cards that that let you remove cards out your deck, you know, to sort of manipulate the. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's some interesting little mechanical twists that I haven't seen in a deck builder before. Not not to that extent. So, but I'm uh, again, I'll reiterate. I'm just basing it on playing two learner games. I've not not got under the skin of it proper yet. Cool, sounds but, good. But decent, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that one a little bit more. Uh, and then I had a game of Warp's Edge the other day, which I know I've mentioned that one. Remind me. Uh, the Spaceships, It's a, again, it's a solitaire game. It's um, it's a bag builder with tokens, and you draw tokens out. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the tokens will let you shoot your laser guns or do a warp blast or whatever, you know, or go super speed. And you're trying to defeat this alien spaceship that's come through the warp. And the game beat me once again. I very rarely beat the game. Ooh, hard one. I tell you what, I've not had an oven this week, so I've been eating out a lot, and I've had some warp blasts of my own this week, I tell you that. <laughs> some pu- some putrid explosions. <laughs> yeah. Some. No, it's not putrid explosions. What's the name of the card? Oh, so some, some Warhammer 40k Dice Masters Nurgle filth (laughs) anyway okay well thanks for that overshare you're welcome (laughs) we're all very 
Oh, it is putrid explosion. I've just checked. Oh, nice. oh, it's it's the fetid blow drone that I like to play as well. That's its subtitle. How did I not not know that? I don't know oh. what's the art look like. Has it got well, a man with a blue hat in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> what? How <laughs> your quiz a couple of weeks ago? Oh, uh, man with a blue hat. Yeah, checking out the god statue. I don't know what is on the artwork. So there you go. If you, that would catch me out if you said what's on well i'd say it was a um it's a bloat drone big fetid bloat drone yeah in fact that's a, yeah it is just a big fetid bloat drone with some like you know kind of demonic tentacles and spikes and what have you pretty standard in fact i've not really looked that there you go there's an example of a card image that i've never really engaged with has it got spider-man and Catwoman in a, working in an office in the background. <laughs> no, it's not. There's that. There is something going on in the background, but it looks like it's just some scenery from some planet they've invaded. Yeah. Meh. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. And the only other thing really is just kind of keeping up on the news. We mentioned before that there was a shocking turn of events, a twist in the tale, if you will, that took place on the 16th of February because that, as we mentioned in last episode, was the supposed release date of the Dark Phoenix saga in North America. (coughs) And then it wasn't. Psych. (laughs) Yeah, wow. It was quite interesting how the events unfolded from my perspective um, because I think it was a surprise to WizKids themselves too from... (laughs) from what i saw um so i started to get my instant messages started to light up on the day the podcast came out on the monday people saying oh do you know what you mentioned in your episode today well uh my my re- my flgs is telling me it's not coming and all this kind of stuff um and then it crept out onto wider facebook i saw it as a public post somebody put a post up saying what's going on my my retailer is saying my pre-order is not coming this week and it all kind of picked up a bit of a bit of steam I got in touch with WizKids and said, uh, I'm, I'm hearing tale told. Is this true? And WizKids' response was like, uh, we're looking into it. <laughs> in other words, we're busy. We're trying to sort a thing out. Leave us alone. And then on the day, on the 16th, uh, Jimmy Darwin O'Brien, the Dice Masters product manager, posted in the comments of one of the Facebook posts saying, what's going on? Uh, basically saying it's in the US, it's at the warehouse, but it's not left the warehouse, you know, and it's uh, it's obviously an issue. We're, we're working on it, but I'm cautious to say more, so uh, for obvious reasons. And then the following day on the 17th, he said, right, got a date for you. It's the 9th of March. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, indeed, yeah, which... I mean, community reactions were were mixed, as I'm sure listeners will imagine. There was certainly some frustration. They saw some frustrated folks out and about on the socials. There was some just kind of quiet resignation. (laughs) (laughs) Used to it by now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There was some shrugging it off, you know. Obviously, some of you were very understanding of the worldwide events at this moment in time. So, yeah, it was an interesting twist. I mean, for some of us longer-standing players, this idea, and certainly for us in Europe, the idea of a delayed set or being told we're getting it and then then it not coming on the day we were told we were getting it is common occurrence, not just with WizKids games, but with a, yes, <laughs> a number of games. Standard fare, isn't it? 
yeah, so I think we were much more able to shrug it off, perhaps, than some of our North American friends in the community. Oh, it'll be I- here. What's, when's this coming out? Monday? Uh, yeah, Monday. So, what's that? Not long, a week or so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so that's, that's the biggest news of the two weeks, really. It was in that warehouse, and then Reacher came along, and it all blew up. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> what? That, I think it's stand, standard. Every, like, even the movies had a warehouse <laughs> that blew up. I think every action movie series of all times had a warehouse that blown up, and it just how happens that one of those warehouses was holding the Dark Phoenix saga. <laughs> Peter put on Discord, he called it Sherlock Holmes meets Rambo. <laughs> huh. But this is the wrong podcast for that discussion. Keep that one. Yes. And if for... you are interested on our takes on TV movies and all things other than Dice Masters, then check out our new monthly live stream. It's taken over from the uh, the podcast. And once a month, we'll get on do a live stream talk about all other things nerdy and the like yeah nice i like what you did there that was oh, good dear. nice bit of cross promotion thank you very much it was, it was very smooth organically done i liked it smooth is my middle name okay it is <laughs> is that after your fast food <laughs> pebble dash is my middle oh, name no. <laughs> Once again, Ministry of Dice can be relied upon to lower the tone. Right, should we tell the listeners what we've got coming up in this episode, then? Yarp. Yep. Yarp. <laughs> you sure? Yarp. <laughs> well, in spite of Dark Phoenix Saga's delay, we're going to continue with our you know, planned, scheduled coverage of the release, and we are planning on talking about loyalty tokens today, which is what focus on one of the new mechanics that exists within the set. And then in our second featured segment, yes. would you Adam and Eve it, folks? What? We actually have a special guest, the first special guest of 2022. No way. Yes way. Is it Zamo? <laughs> no. Is it, uh, our people are talking to his people. We'll, we'll get it pinned down. Okay. Well, who is it? I can't wait to find out. Other than the fact well, that we've already recorded it, I already know. Sure, well, we'll leave it for a nice little surprise for the listeners, but this is a a well-known individual within the community from days gone by. Jake Uh, Busey, is that who it is? He loves our products. (laughs) My favourite Dice Masters product. (laughs) (laughs) I love their product. (laughs) I can't even bother to stop driving. (laughs) It's not. It's even better than Jake Busey. No way. Yeah, absolutely. An inspiration to us both, and hopefully you'll enjoy our conversation with that individual. And with all that said and done, that should bring us to the close of this episode, especially as I'm looking at the time and realizing that this is becoming a long intro. Ooh. Is it Bernard Manning? Bernard Manning? No. Is it Kenneth Williams? Uh, we wish. That would be an awesome interview. <laughs> matron (laughs) (laughs) right let's get on with the show (laughs) yes okay then folks welcome back and in this segment now as i mentioned in the intro there we are going to talk about the new loyalty token mechanic it feels like this mechanic has been 
I mean, it's been known for a long time. I made a video on this, I think, 18 months ago. 18 months uh, ago? Yeah, possibly that long. Maybe less. Oh. I don't know. Is it John Inman? <laughs> <laughs> that, but that would make no sense, because that bit, <laughs> that bit of me ripping you... <laughs> <laughs> has will have been cut out i'm definitely gonna to have to put it in the outtake now so that people get why you said that then okay or maybe i won't we'll see <laughs> we'll see it'll be like the dark phoenix saga set maybe it'll come maybe it won't ninth ish of march <laughs> yeah. uh but loyalty tokens then loyalty so we just uh, it's a mechanic that we're curious about we think it'll be interesting to play around with is it competitive is it just casual these are all questions that are yet to be answered but we're certainly going to debate it a little bit now there's quite a few cards actually there's a, a reasonable number of cards uh, uh, that appear with the keyword on it so mr england do you want to get us out of the Hello. gate and explain to the listeners what loyalty tokens are sure so loyalty tokens or loyalty counters, as they seem to be referred to, uh, are counters that you put on your card, which give your character dice of that card plus one attack and plus one defense. Very much like uh, the experience counters that we see in D&D. And yeah. uh, we are assuming, although we couldn't find the answer, let us know if you do know, hopefully on the 9th of March, uh, that we are assuming that they stay on the card when the dice are knocked out, similar to experience, so it gives that constant buff. But yeah, but however, unlike experience, there are many, many different ways. In fact, it looks like there are easier ways to oh, sorry. get... May I interrupt just very briefly? Yes. I just had a quick look through my emails. Uh, Whiskers did actually send me the text that appears on the rules card insert. Oh, did they? Yeah, back when I made the loyalty token video, and it says loyalty. Loyalty counters stay on a character card and give those dice plus one attack and plus one defense for each loyalty counter. Oh, there you go. Hmm. My theory So apologies. As you were saying it, I was like, hang on, I think I do actually know this. And I went and checked. So please do continue. Yes. Well, so, um, yeah, but unlike experience, it does seem that there's a variety of ways to get them on the card. Uh, and um, it appears to me, I believe, an easier way of getting these buffs than um, the experience that was a bit ropey. Uh, so uh, let's have a look. There are 10 cards in the set which have loyalty written on them. Yeah, uh, and the lo- and the trigger differs, doesn't it, from character to character. There's, there's yeah. different means by which you can get those loyalty counters added on. Right? I think that's what you were getting at. That's right. And, and for D&D, it was knocking out a monster, wasn't it? If a monster got knocked out that turn. For the most part, there were some wonky variations on that. But for the most part, a adventurer with experience got an ad- experience token when a monster was knocked out that turn. Yeah. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, Is it Robson and Jerome? No. Oh. No. Although I've got a a renewed love of Jerome because of his role in Game of Thrones. Okay. Not that he makes you fall asleep on an app that will cost you £20 a night. No, what's that? I never heard about that. I don't know. It's an advert that comes up on my phone every so often. And does he just talk to you until you doze off? I don't know. I wasn't going to spend the 20 quid or whatever it is. Is it live or is it recorded material? How, how frequently does he change the recorded material? Uh, you can't just bring something up like, like that without the details. I'll Google it. 
Hold on to your hats, folks. Next episode in two weeks' time. Find out if Robson and or Jerome are available and how you can get hold of them on your phone to talk you to sleep. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so what were we saying before you were talking about Robson and Jerome? Um, loyalty counters. Loyalty counters. Yeah. So, so yes. Where do you want to begin? I don't um, you know. Let's, let's delve into this puppy. So uh, let's have a look at the statistics. Uh, we have 10 cards in total that have loyalty written on them. I'm yet to read them to find out if that is actually to do with the loyalty counters, but we'll assume they are. Three of them are basic actions. Three of them are basic actions. That is greetings from crack. Krakoa. Greetings from your crack. Live in the dream. Oh, I like that card already. And <laughs> tight ranks. Tight ranks, yeah. Tight ranks. I have to say that carefully. Don't want to Although say tight it. ranks tight ranks isn't it's actually a loyalty token counter. Ooh, you wouldn't want Jonathan Ross to say that, would you? No. Exactly. Uh so no, let's have a look at these basic actions, folks. So we've got uh greetings from Crack Oak. I can't say that. Spin-up characters who have a loyalty counter. Each of your dice that spin-up get plus two attack. Now, that is good. It's a three cost. If you've managed to spank some loyalty counters onto some cards, spinning them up, taking the extra attack again, and then giving them plus two attack. I like that. Probably a bit specific on timing, but what isn't? Hmm. And one of the things we have to remember is that this set is a draft pack set. It was designed for drafting. And when you open your draft pack, you'll have three basic actions in there. And if you're presented with this as one of your basic actions, it may lead you to go, right, okay, well, I've got a starting point here. Let's try and draft up some lo- uh, loyalty counter character and make it, a, you know, give you a focus for your drafting. Yeah, definitely. Well, so that continues a continuous basic action. Uh, if, um, among all character cards on your team, you have at least three loyalty counters, and we'll have a look a bit later to see how likely that is going to be, because that would be the mm. the crux of the matter, if you will. Um, the your characters will get plus one attack and overcrash to the end of the turn. Now that's a four cost. It is a four cost? Yeah, four cost. There's been some when this was first revealed by us here at the Ministry of Dice. Might I add in said loyalty token video? Uh, there was some debate as to how this sort of plays. It's the the game text is a little bit tricky. Is it? It seems quite clear to me. Yeah, well, it's the continuous on it. So the assumption is that you you field it and it can sit there until you've until got... Until you want it, yeah. Yeah. But then why would it say at least three loyalty counters? Because it can be out in your, um, it can be out in your field, but you can't really do anything with it. So if you were to use it, wouldn't do anything as long as you've got three loyalty counters so to be fair you could buy it early have it sat there wait for your three loyalty counters once you've got them then you could use it when you want to yeah but then the at least would imply you could wait until and go oh no not yet i'm gonna leave it sit there and activate it when i've got four loyalty counters or five loyalty counters or so yeah, on and so forth that's how i yeah. read it yeah i mean that's fine else it would be like a trap or something wouldn't it yeah sure I'm just saying, some people called out and said, uh, how's this work then? Well, upon reflection, that seems pretty straightforward to me. Works how it's read. Mm. 
but that's uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a curious one because the the loyalty counter concept of buffing up and building your character stat strength, you know, that's what it's all about. To then slap an overcrush on them and and not just a you know not just a single loyalty counter card, all your character dice get plus one attack and overcrush, and it's going to be a lot easier to time. Uh, yeah, because as you say, you can just pop it out and wait yeah. until your moment to strike. I like that. I mean, how often is it like where you get a whatever, be it uh, anger issues or or whatever, and and it comes out when you don't want it? Like with you got action yes. dice, like with the the one where you've put three, you know, the one that does everyone in when they're attacked, or you know, all those different kind of actions that you want to do in conjunction with your characters, and it's a bit out of line, or you know, you whiff it and you can't get it back, or you have to wait around and it's just not lined up. This is going to stop that. Put it mm. in the field, wait for the right opportunity. How about you have all three out there and get yeah, that's three attack and overcrash. Absolutely. It, it is vulnerable in set, though. There is action counters, uh, the least of which we're going to talk about in a moment because they're a loyalty character as well, uh, the rare Moira. As you're trying to she, tell me that they are balancing the set. Yeah, I know, it's shocking, is it? She's got a when-fielded effect that lets you send action dice from opponent's field zone to the use pile. Oh, no wonder it's so, delayed. They're probably trying to pull so, those cards out. <laughs> so wait too long on your living the dream and you may come to regret it yeah, i like it i like it and then the third and final basic action is the action well the the loyalty hate which is if you have at least three active character dice that share the a team affiliation it's, ko target character die that's got nothing to do about loyalty it's the global yeah, that. yeah it's the global that i need to talk to you about which is player shield target character die with at least one loyalty count out gets minus two attack and minus two defense so yeah target character die with at least one loyalty counter gets plus minus two attack and minus two defense and that's by using a shield it doesn't say use once so you could potentially with enough shields knock out a shed load of characters with loyalty counters yeah absolutely and again to reiterate it's designed to be a draft set isn't it so having things like moira to get rid of continuous actions or a global of this nature to take some of the strength out of loyalty counters just keeps the draft experience in constructed you might go well how often am i actually going to come across loyalty counters so you think twice about putting tight ranks on your team but if you pulled it in your draft pack in a draft format, you might go, there's a pretty safe bet I'm going to be facing some loyalty counters in this event. I might take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, no. certainly worth considering. Let's have a look at the characters. Now, one thing I would say is, and this may become poignant later in the episode, but you've got three common cards, which refers to loyalty counters. You have got two uncommon and two rare. So it's weighted in favour of you're likely to be able to get hold of these cards. Yeah, and I think that's a great point because whether you, whether you want to use it in a draft or in constructed, the chances of you coming across it as a mechanic to use is high. Yeah, which is good. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Would you, what, what, what one do you like? What stands out to you out of these uh, remaining seven? <clears throat> well, uh, I think the, the ones that I suspect folks will rush towards will be the ones at the cheaper end of the scale which is the rare moira and the madeline prior let me just get the uh subtitles for you there uh so rare moira is strength of foresight and the madeline prior is sisterhood and i think the thinking will be that 
as a three both three costs there are early purchases that you could then get out in the field and camp them there from an early stage in the game with a view to build them up ready for a mid game or a late game you know use of that increased strength yeah um so madeline Pryor, sisterhood she's brotherhood focused she's a three cost mass with the brotherhood affiliation and her game text reads when one of your brotherhood character dice is ko'd besides madeline Pryor, put a loyalty counter on her card and then the moira reads uh, she's an x-men character she's a founder and she reads while moira is active when you field an x-men character die with a purchase cost of three or more your loyalty counter uh, place a loyalty counter on your Moira. And then the secondary game text that I mentioned before, when fielded, you may send target... What the... I can't read that game text on the card. I'm going to have to go to the team builder here. When fielded, when fielded you, you may, may send, send target, target action die from your from your opponent's... Field zone. Field zone into their use power. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, these have both got very uh, themey, you know, affiliation-centric text but at a three cost they're an early purchase that you can just drop in the field and then initiate the triggers for a number of turns with a view to build them up as you go along they seem to me to be quite easy things to to do like that brotherhood one that reminds me of that bloody um what's his face black bolt black beetle what the one with the weird head that gets when you get knocked out has the retaliation Black Manta. You say you really struggle with that card's name. That's not the first time you've, yeah. Um, Which is ironic because I've beaten you with it. I don't know how many times. (laughs) Trying to block the memory out. (laughs) See, so that that retaliation kind of whole setup, like you could knock out villains left, right, and centre, and I've got that gives that's the gives me the same kind of feel to it. And I think there's enough way, certainly with the the return of the Blue Eyes Global. Uh, yeah, you've got yeah, Dark Phoenix. It's on the all, all four rarities of the Dark Phoenix. It, it, you know, there's there's adequate ways to be keeping knocking out your uh, your, your brotherhoods to just buffer oh, yeah. up. Well, I tell you what, I've got. I'll share it like a whole mad idea that I've got planned for that Madeline Pryor, if you like. Okay, I'm not sure. I've fully thought it out, and let me just get the game text. So there's a mystique in the set that says, uh, "Let me find it." Yeah, it's the uh, damage reducer one. So there's a Mystique. She's a two-cost mask. And she says, when Mystique is active, reduce damage from opposing character abilities by one. Great. We know that works. We've seen it on a number of cards in the past. But then she's got a secondary game text, which says, when Mystique is KO'd, you may move a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants die with a purchase cost of four or more from your use pile to your prep area. And there is a Magneto that's a Brotherhood character it's the common, he's a six-cost mask, idealist, and he says when one of your mask character dice is KO'd, put a loyalty counter on the Magneto card. He's also got the villainous pack go. And then you've got the Dark Phoenix Global, where you can pay a bolt to KO a character to reduce the cost of your next purchase by two. So four characters there. Madeline Pryor gets a loyalty counter when a Brotherhood character is KO'd. Mystique lets you move a Brotherhood die with a purchase cost of four or more from your use pile to your prep area when she's KO'd. You've got the Dark Phoenix Global that lets you KO a character, and then you've got the Magneto that gets the loyalty counter when a mass character is KO'd. So my thinking is get Madeline Pryor out and Mystique out, nice and early, two cost and a three cost, easy done. And then, do you remember there was an old ruling with the Iron Fist and the Fabricating Clay Golem? Yep. 
So for anyone who's unfamiliar with this ruling, Iron Fist game text is, is almost identical to the Mystiques. He did a, a damage reduction of one, and then he had a game text where you could move a fist character die from the used pile to the prep area when he was KO'd. And the Clay Golem had Fabricate, so... But because of the way the queue works and the order of actions in your turn, what you were able to do was fabricate the Iron Fist and another dice to put the Clay Golem into your use pile, complete that action, the KO action, and then initiate, put his game text in the queue to move the Clay Golem over to the prep area. And I think that will work here too. So you put Madeline Pryor out, you put Mystique out, you then Blue Eyes Mystique off, Buy the Magneto at a two discount, so he's a four-cost mask. Throw Asker on the team for (laughs) stuff and giggles. (laughs) Buy your Magneto for two. Put him in the use pile, so resolve the the discount and the purchase. Yeah. Then, in the queue, you've got Mystique's game text, and move him straight over to your prep. All the while giving Madeline Pryor a loyalty counter. Then field him, and just rinse and repeat it. So you end up with a load of Magnetos in the field. Dear God. And because your loyalty counters are going on the card, I'm assuming that they give the buff to all copies of the dice. Yeah. I mean, he's got a max two, so you'll have two. So two Magnetos already running at a stat line of 144257 or 368 and just keep accruing loyalty counters for Magneto and Madeline Pryor by KOing... <laughs> And then why not chuck another four cost plus brotherhood? You know, have a saber tooth for fun <laughs> and do it and move a saber tooth over from the use pile. But that's 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 the crazy. I, I certainly don't think it's competitive, but that's the mad loyalty counter combo that I'm planning on trying out. There you go. I've gone public with it, so everyone's going to do it now. But or someone will come out the woodwork and say, "Ah, well, actually, well, actually, <laughs> Iron Fist is different than Mystique because," and they'll find some obscure rules lawyering rule that'll take my fun. But what do you think of that? Sounds bat, bat crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, it's got its downfalls. Magneto's got a high, high, really nasty fielding costs. Uh, you know, three at his level three. Madeline Pryor starts low. She's one three three one four four two four four. So you're gonna have to get a lot of loyalty counters on her to make her, yeah, powerful. But I like the fact that once you're done recycling your Mystique to get your Magnetos out, you can leave her in the field and she's bringing you the the damage defense. You know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'd be interested. To, well, we'll see how it pans out. We, well, we will indeed, but uh, going back to my original point, I think the cheap ones, Madeline Pryor and Moira, will probably be the ones that are most attractive to people. Yeah, for sure. And as, hopefully, as illustrated, I think there's a lot you can do with the Madeline Pryor specifically. Yeah, yeah, certainly. The the, the one that, that I'd, I'd touch on, just because of the crazy purchase cost of 12, is the Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> like, is that the first 12 costs we've had? I think so. However, it costs one less to purchase, very Thanos-esque, for each loyalty counter on it. And you can get loyalty counters on him by when you purchase a Ronan Yakuza or when you attack with a Ronan Yakuza. I'm guessing they're thinking that you're going to be purchasing and attacking quite a lot to build to, to slowly kind of chip away at that 12 down to a, uh, a more reasonable level. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this one's got much legs. The the Ronans, the Commons, like a five cost. I think the other two are six costs apiece. The game text are really. Uh, hang on, let me bring up on the team builder. 
Yeah, five six six across the rarities in purchase cost. Uh, I'll just quickly read the gain text. When Ronan the Accuser is fielded, lose one life. Amazing. Put that down on every team. <laughs> yeah. When fielded, each player KOs a character die they control. I suppose that could have a place, but you know. And then the rare, when fielded, each player loses three life. And he's got a fielding cost of one, one, two across all his levels. You so in order to that one we did about combos last episode about ones that didn't work. <laughs> that just yeah it just doesn't add up to me that however he isn't the only Ronan Ronan and Ronan we have had no that's true that is true so but I think have a look back at what was the I um, think you're in for a treat with this <laughs> let's have a look at what when fielded Ronan gets two plus attack if there are no other dice in your field zone that's a seven cost <laughs> when fielded KO all opposing villain character dice okay that could have a place but how much does he cost that's a 7 cost <laughs> or my personal favourite Ronan the Accuser no quarter from the Cree when fielded move all villain character dice to Ronan Accuser's card until the end of turn return them to the field zone at the same level so he basically intimidates them all out um, yeah. and that's at a uh, quite reasonable 8 yeah, I mean, at the time, that probably would have had a place. Um, what wasn't yeah, when, when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, it would uh, really mess with a like a collector team or something along those lines, wouldn't it? But yeah, you, you're having to buy an eight cost, a five, six, seven, or eight cost, <laughs> and then spam purchasing and attacking with it. Yeah, so I'm not sure that's. Yeah, I don't think that's got legs. And the other um, supreme intelligence is all about. KOing Cree characters, is it? If I remember, I keep moving off. The... That's a waste, though, isn't it? It's like I was thinking before looking at the Aronans, that'd be quite fun. Have a 12 cost out and then just be trying to do stuff to chip away. And then obviously, when you get him, he's a big blob. I mean, it's a 12 cost for God's sake, but that's just not really even worth it. No, no, it's a, it, it's, yeah. Four cost, a four cost, you know, takes a while to, to keep buying them and, and you know, attacking with them. Yeah. And even then, that's not going to get you much. But yeah, that's quite... A... Especially when you consider, if we jump onto a, another loyalty counter card here, you've got the Gladiator, the Empire Must Stand. So this is the Uncommon. He's a six-cost fist with the Shi'ar Empire affiliation. He's got Overcrush built in, so no need to yeah. play around with your living the dream or whatever here. And he reads, when Lilandra is KO'd, put a loyalty counter on Gladiator's card. And he's got the uh, the the global pay a fist when you attack your character dice can't be targeted the target of action dice or global abilities, and his stat line is not five five one six six zero seven seven. It's got a better stat line and well, it's got better attack. Well, better attack, better defense, better fielding costs. Yeah, he's got a useful global for static field fans like me. He comes with his overcrush built in, so you don't need the basic action living the dream. Although, obviously, living the dream gives all your characters overcrush. You know, I suppose there's yeah. a balancing point. And KOing uh, a Lilandra is not that tough because I'm pretty sure he says, typing Lilandra's name into the team builder, that there's a three cost one. There is Lilandra Politician. I mean, she's vanilla. She's just got a global, um, which is pay a shield. Once per turn, if you purchase a character die this turn, you may draw a die from your bag and prep it. Add it to your prep area, which um, is handy. Handy little bit of prep. But 
you buy the three cost again you've got the dark phoenix global on all rarities of dark phoenix you can be able to get your hands on on this KOing global it's not going to be all that challenging to buy a three cost lavandra and then ko her like a maniac to get your gladiator loyalty counter up big old beefy over crushing space superman noish yeah there we go i think the only one we haven't touched on is and we'll do it just for completion's sake Jean gray peaceful coexistence she's the common mm-hmm. she has got um what's she say well Jean gay is act- <laughs> Jean gray is active at the end of each of your turns if no character dice were carried this time but a loyalty counter on Jean gray's card what's her stat line she has yeah, standing good so three mm-hmm. three five five six six that could be quite decent she's only a four cost yeah look at those fielding costs though bro hey what's that spinning up one you want to get her out and then get your greetings from crackheads or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Keep spinning her up. I'm I'm not fully sold on this one. I don't know. She's a founder, so and I've not had a close enough look at the founder cards to know whether maybe there's there's something there. But at the end of each of your turns, if no character dice were KO'd that turn, yeah, it's a tough one. You know, if you want to use your Dark Phoenix Global to get a discount, you know, she takes yeah. that out of the picture. Um, so I'm not so certain. You'd have to buy it like one first or second turn, get it out super quick, and then because like those first few turns, how many games have we had that we've been on like not really done anything for like the first first kind of like four five turns? I know, um, yeah, but I don't think we're actually normal in that regard. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, in, in a game where say that you're building up for uh, your, your twenty point hit, or or you know building up your control or. Or, or not immediately swinging, then this, if you get this early and out off, it's going to go even on its lowest face, like it'll be a six and it'll be a nine. Um, yeah, yeah, I th- maybe. I think it's got a place against you. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep from, it. From filthy <laughs> control players that will kill you one damage a turn for 20 uh, turns. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> sat, it's just be sat there ticking away and then it'll be like, you know, 30 30. Yeah. Well, give it a try, and that's the point, really, when it comes out, give it a go. But yeah. um, that's everything on the loyalty counter front. It is a mechanic that, as you can probably tell, we're, we're really eager to engage with and have a play around with. Is it going to be competitive? Uh, I'm not so sure, but it's going to be hell of fun finding out. Indeed. So we'll wrap that one over there, but please do get in touch and let us know your thoughts on the new mechanic, Loyalty Tokens. You know where to find us, the usual place. Head on over to our Facebook page, tap us up on the Discord, Insta me, tweet me, whatever. Email us, go to bitroll6.com, head to the contact us button, send us an email. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on Loyalty Counters. Um, but shall we now get into our first special guest of 2022? Who is it? <laughs> well, let's find out together. Yes, welcome back, folks. And we have got perhaps the most treatiest of treats in terms of guests that we have ever had on the podcast in all of our years of podcasting. And that includes Jimmy and Brian and James from WizKids. Because today, folks, today, folks, we have a very special individual who didn't know I was going to give him this enormous intro. We would argue perhaps one of our inspirations in life, certainly one of mine. Ladies and gents, please give a warm welcome in your car, on the train, wherever you're listening to us right now, to the one, the only, RJ Retro. 
Oh, that was for me. I got really excited. Like, oh, we're going to get a fourth person in here. <laughs> Who's it going to be? And then I went to people listen to this on trains. I, I, I have so many questions and I'm so excited and I'm so ready to be on this. Well, RJ, it's our absolute pleasure to have you here with us at the Ministry of Dice today. We have spoken about your influence on us many, many times over the years. We have talked about things like Little Cup. We've talked about your little, uh, I can't remember what you called it specifically, but when you looked for the, the cheap budget alternative to competitive teams, we talked about your attitude, we talked about your radio voice, and you were a big part of the story for me and Andy when we decided that we wanted to give podcasting a go. You see, uh, individuals like yourself and Isaac uh, it just kind of inspired us to go, yeah, let's give this a try, which is something I didn't tell you before we hit record and I got you on tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to hear that too, because we we chatted for about a half hour before we even started, and and I, I initially thought that I was interrupting the podcast already because everything sounded so crisp and professional. We were just having a great conversation that I wasn't even sure if we were already recording. And I I just love the fact that you you guys are the same on mic off mic. I love that. And when we're talking about giving credit to people, just a quick uh, shout out to uh, Dave who started the reserve pool because without that site, I wouldn't have met you guys and I wouldn't have met uh, all the cool people that I met in the community. And shout out to Shadow Meld who uh, got me to learn all of the rules of the game, uh, helped me with the podcast back in the day, the prep area, and really went out of his way to make sure that I felt welcomed into the community and we're still friends to this day. Actually, as soon as this podcast is done, I'm going to go play uh, League of Legends with his wife and his wife's twin sister, probably. So that's a true story. Well, true story. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's just dive into that for a moment, RJ. So we, we will have a proportion of our listeners, I suspect, who won't be familiar with some of the bits you've referenced there, like the reserve pool, the prep area and such like. So uh, if you'd be so kind, just give those newer listeners who may be unfamiliar with your almighty community status a little bit of bio, please. Well, the reserve pool was the first website that was really out there that gave people a place to talk about Dice Masters and obviously to meet people that really cared about the game because that's how I discovered it. I saw, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Avengers versus X-Men or if it was, what was the second one? Oh, Unlimited X-Men. Uncanny. 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 It's my first day. Uh, <laughs> I saw the starter kits for those and I picked them up immediately, brought them home and I looked at the dice and thought, well, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Looked online, found the reserve pool, went to the forum, said, hey, I'd love to learn how to play this game. Shadow Meld sent me a message, and we instantly became friends. I love radio. I work in radio in real life, and I love listening to podcasts. And I thought, maybe I should try to do something podcasty for Dice Masters. So I recruited Shadow Meld, plus a lot of other people as well. And we had this big almost variety show-esque podcast where, yeah, we did the, the the budget teams, we did the little cup. I wasn't a big fan of spending a lot of money. As I mentioned, I work in radio. So I always <laughs> tried to find ways to have competitive teams without spending a lot of money. And that's one thing I'm really looking forward to when I look at getting back into Dice Masters is how can I do so in a competitive nature without having to spend a ton of money? Looking at how many sets there are, I remember when I used to know what all the abbreviations meant like AVX. So I know what that is. WWE. I could probably guess what that is. 
bat? Is that a Batman set? Did they release <laughs> a Batman a set? It, it is a Batman set. That's right. What Andy? What a pro this guy is. Listen, he just he just sets up the lead for me to to swoop in and pick up. It's it's this is outstanding work. So uh, that's right, RJ. What are you trying what to say? The, uh, <laughs> I'm not. No, that yeah. There's no implication there okay, at all. Fine. Don't don't be reading stuff into. Jeez. Okay. All I'm saying is that one of the reasons we asked RJ to come and join us on the podcast today was because we know RJ of old from uh, the early days in the game. But um, RJ, I think by your own admission, you, you kind of stepped away from the game and we could talk about some of your reasons for that in a moment. But recently you reached out to me and mentioned, I think I might be looking to get back into the game. And I said, well, great, because we're looking to talk to people who are eager to get back into the game right now. So you, you dropped that little seed for me to pour some water on there because that's one of the kind of big purposes of our conversation with rj today folks i'm so ready i've not found a game like dice masters and i've i've been looking i have been looking for something as i have had that itch to get back into it and so i thought you know what maybe i should just reach out to the community ask for help and i figured who better than you two to help me get back into the world of dice masters because they're is a lot of history, and it's somebody that's coming in in 2022. As you mentioned, you want this to be a big year for the game. It can be a bit daunting. It can seem overwhelming. And so mm-hmm. I thought, hey, let's get me back into the game. Let's get some other people into the game. Let's try to get Dice Masters back to a point where there will be tournaments everywhere, and we can all you know, very, very easily travel all these places, meet each other, and lose to Andy in the first round of the UK National tournament i'm really looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah because that all the best lose to andy in the first round of uk that's what i've heard and some people even draw him you know and i'm not talking (laughs) titanic drawing i'm saying you know ties some of us rj forge a long-lasting friendship and play him every single week and take our revenge for that defeated 2017 week after week after week (laughs) Some of the best friendships are built on revenge. Uh, shout out to Shadow Melt as well, yeah. again, if I haven't done that. Have, you know, I yeah. went to Worlds. Did you? I did. I'll tell yeah, you about it sometime. About that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, ladies and gents, one of the things that is, is historically our traditional approach when we have a guest on the podcast is for us to interview that individual, ask a few questions, maybe do a bar quiz. But we're going to play around with the play around with the system a little bit this time around rj has many questions about making a return into the game so we've decided to make it a little bit of a reverse interview where rj can fire some questions at us and we'll we'll endeavor to answer them and then hopefully anything that we have answered insufficiently you folks can then follow along and post some comments on the facebook page or come and join us in discord and, and kind of follow up and help rj out a little bit more and hopefully other potential returning players as well so yeah, no, no, no bar this time. No, no Chris grilling of the individual. We, we're going to follow RJ's lead and do our best to answer his questions about what a long-term lifer of a player who's kind of slipped away a little bit might need to know to get back into the game. Yeah, and I'll I'll throw this out there right away. Uh, I very much appreciate you not quizzing me on stuff because you could have just been like, "What does TIW stand for?" and I would be like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have no idea. I can't even come up with a guess. I don't. Even, is that DC? Is that Marvel? Or is that some sort of like third party thing? I That's look at D&D, the number, of, my man. That's uh, what? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Trouble in Waterdeep. 
Oh, that actually is really cool. I I learned about Dungeons and Dragons thanks to Dice Masters. Same thing with Yu-Gi-Oh. So when I look at all of the sets of Dice Masters, the first thing that comes to mind is not even a question. It is a statement. And the statement is, please tell me I don't have to buy all of these. Uh, well, the short answer is no. I don't. I can't really remember when you sort of dipped off the scene, but competitively, and it's bled out into the, the the kind of casual approach. There's there's two card pools: the golden card pool and the modern card pool. And WizKids have introduced a rotation system, somewhat similar to rotation systems in other collectible card games like Magic: The Gathering, where they'll draw a line in the sand every so often, and say, okay, legal sets from this point forward. And that is wholly, entirely with a view to make entry or re-entry, in your case, RJ, easier. Because then if you want to, you can just use that shorthand and say, well, I'm, I'm picking up new sets, so I'm playing modern. And then if you're looking for a game or going to a tournament, you look for modern tournaments. That said, your collection is will still have a place because there's there's a lot of individuals who play the golden, which is the entire card pool, and will make teams from all sets from across the history of Dice Masters. I was always, and I mentioned this earlier, I was always big on the budget sets. You know, I was always on mm. not having to buy. What was the reference that was made? Constantine. I remember buying that card for at the time. I thought it was kind of an insane amount of money, and it wasn't even. I don't even think it was the rarest card at the time, but it was just the rarest card I could get for what I could afford. If I wanted to look at, let's say, just the last couple of sets and just look at starters, commons, and I guess the uh, you know basic action cards, how much would I maybe be looking at if I were to just try to pick up those? Ah, well, well interesting... Yeah. Oh, Andy, do you want to jump well, in on that I, one? I was gonna say, well, in, in many ways, you're quite lucky because I think the current modern, what is classed as modern, starts when they, no, they have reverted back, but they reverted to a campaign box format where you didn't have to hunt for the cards. It was all in the set. So every card, there's no rares or super rares. It's, everything was in the set. So for like one of the, the kind of campaign boxes, or they would have been called, what are they called them? The big boxes with the special card in. Oh, uh, yeah. So think of it this way, RJ. It's like a col- an old school Collect collector's box, box that's it. and a starter set mashed together. And that was it. So you didn't have to search for cards. And for so the Trouble in Waterdeep that you mentioned, there's Avengers Infinity, there's X-Men Forever, Justice, Just Justice, not Justice League, Just Justice. And is that Warhammer 40K, Warhammer 40K uh, and, WWE. and the D&D Trouble in Waterdeep. And they, uh, here in the UK, the core campaign box is around £30. So in your Canadian colonial funny money, that would be like (laughs) $3,000. I don't even know if you're kidding. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's not bad at all. It it looks like Google's telling me £30 sterling equals 51.73 Canadian dollars. That's actually not bad for what you just described. Sure. Um, And then they had supplementary little packs called team packs. Again, very similar to a to a starter set with a fixed set of character cards and dice in each, which retailed over here for about 15 quid. Tops. Um, 15 yeah. quid tops. It's usually you get about a tenner, which is £10. Yeah. What is quid? <laughs> One pound. Ah, yeah. all right. All sorts of learning. Not just Dice Masters, but 
other money. I like you've it. Never, I like it. You've never heard that said before. You've never heard a, a, a British person refer to the pound sterling as a quid. I actually, I've heard the term quid. This is the first time I bothered to Google it in 36 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just our colloquial shorthand for a pound. Cool. I like saying. it. I'm going to start return, uh, referring to Canadian money as funny money just because, I mean, we do have <laughs> toonies and loonies, and I think that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So as I spend these toonies and loonies on – I actually did not know about the, the big box thing, so that's exciting. I, I just didn't, I just assumed that I wouldn't be able to get a lot of the new stuff, and I was looking at some of the sales groups online and, and seeing what would be out there. But when it comes to getting together and actually playing these games – for me, trust is a huge thing. And mm. my biggest issue with Dice Masters back in the day, and this is years and years and years ago, is the text on the card sometimes. You wouldn't know exactly what it was supposed to do. And this is where I had to really just hope that Shadow Meld was correct. He's, he's really good at <laughs> interpreting rules. And at this at that time, there was a rules forum, and we were waiting for rule. Yeah. You know, we, we needed to know what the what the answers were and sometimes you'd really have to wait and nothing scares me more than spending months working on this team theory crafting let's be honest shadow melds doing the theory crafting and i'm just like please find something that uses this mechanic and then he does that we figure it out we play whatever and then you go to a tournament and find out oh the judge is interpreting that differently has the text on the cards improved in the last several years there's a short answer and a long answer to that. The short answer is yes. I think the plain reading of the text as it stands on a card is much more comprehensive and has tidied up some of the complications and confusion that has existed in the yeah. past. That said, I'd be sending you up the garden path if I said, oh, yeah, no, it's all fine. There are definitely still rules interactions that are debated and edge cases you know, come out of the woodwork all the time. And the rules forum maintenance is still on WizKids part sketchy at best. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've not I can't remember the last time we've had to had a, a proper quibble about a, a rule for a long time. But there are definitely people out there <laughs> that will interpret the cards as as they, they wish. Okay. <laughs> but generally yeah. there's a community sentiment that that people can for the most part, figure it out and come to a, a pretty easy conclusion. Yeah, I can't think of one we've had for ages. That's no, good. All the new stuff. And we've That's had- phenomenal. Because back in the day, there were quite a few things that that people would debate and there were legitimate... You, you, could, you could make an argument on both sides that, well, that person could be right because that makes sense and this card, this other card does that. and But this card does this and that card does that. So really, it could be one of these three things. And I could not stand it i couldn't yeah i think the the network of tournament organizers as well is is a little bit stronger certainly in the online play space so consensus of some description even though there might be some compromise in there will will be sought and found and that will then become the accepted way of of playing the card or we'll we'll tap up with kids informally and say look can you just give us some steer on this because we're bored of waiting <laughs> <laughs> for I the rules forum to be updated and we'll get a kind of uh, a, an informal agreement that yeah we're in the right ballpark and then we'll just as a community manage that process ourselves uh, i think the discord server has helped that process a great deal and you know, if anyone listening out there isn't on the dice masters online discord server i'd highly recommend it because it's a great source of information and help 
And that sort of leads me to my my next thing. And this is this is something for the people that maybe saw one of the classic starter kits, picked it up, looked for Dice Masters online, and maybe stumbled upon this podcast. If you do not have people in your real life to play with, or maybe if you're still listening to this in early 2022, and maybe you don't feel comfortable going out to a gaming store or something, what mm-hmm. is the way, the process to play online? Because I understand that there is a pretty decent-sized network of people that are just playing online with the use of a webcam. But that's that's true. Andy, do you want to field this one? Yeah, well, it was it was already popular, but the uh, the pandemic has done nothing but to strengthen it because we can't actually meet up with each other. Uh, and God forbid if someone would touch my basic action die without uh, a, a liter of hand sanitizer. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, it has cropped up. There are competitive tournaments. There are some more chill out. There's what's the one that the double double and dice guys do the dice social social um which is more of a meet up chat and, and roll some dice as, as far as i'm aware not that yeah. i've been because it's usually like at three o'clock in the morning for us but um <laughs> yeah there's uh the weekly dice arena there's dice fights so you've got these kind of informal more casually focused weekly get-togethers and as, as you've observed it is it's webcam focused we tend to use video calling sites like uh jitsi or discord or google hangouts uh, with a webcam pointing at your map and you just start playing and rolling with a you know, with a headset your monitor and your webcam i also like that a lot of the people on discord and i say a lot of because i, I hate using the everybody but uh I, I can't even think of a negative experience since i've really started paying attention to the discord i know that there's been some games going on and uh i really want to start trying to take these in and, and watching people play again because even sometimes I liked watching Dice Masters just as uh, almost like an eSport in a way where I could watch people play and uh, just enjoy it. So I'm happy to hear that uh, tournaments are still going well. And I found Dice Social and Weekly Dice Arena very easily on the Dice Masters online Discord. So I'm assuming if if you are listening and you're not already on the Discord, uh, I would highly recommend you go and take a look at Dice Masters online because the people there have been really, really nice and... I don't even use the name RJ Retro on the on the Discord, and uh, so people have no idea who I am, and they're still very very nice to me. So, uh, if, <laughs> if if I, a relative unknown on this server, can have a good time, you can too. Yeah, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, the um, a sign up link, folks. So if you if you're not over there, please do bob along and join us. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, it's we've got. We have big kind of Saturday weekend events. There's, uh, for example, DM North are running uh, an online tournament event right now called the Two Team Takedown, which is you, you get a pairing at the outset of the week and then you informally with your opponent organize a time and date to get together. You play your matches and then you report them back to DM North and they'll, you know, they'll put it into the tournament organizing system. And yeah, you know, that can run for six or seven weeks, depending on how many players are involved. That's um, so fun. I actually noticed, too, there's a, a channel called Looking for a Game. And somebody said, looking for a game. And wouldn't you know it, Shadow Meld said, I'm free for some practice. That was yesterday morning. Yeah. So this is really this is really active here that uh, the people are getting into this. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm getting excited. I'm looking for I I love the, the thought of being able to just buy uh, a box and just have what I need. I'm so excited about this. You, you guys have done... A very, very terrible, no good, very bad thing by 
getting me excited about this now because you're going to get messages about, hey, what do you think about this team? Hey, what do you think about this team? Hey, what do you think about this team? <laughs> well, and I, it, it, completely different time zones too. So you're going to be waking up in the morning and be like, what? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I uh, I get messages off Jordo all the time at three in the morning. Um, the uh, word of caution though, RJ, they have gone back to blind product. Um, so the last set and the one that's imminently about to be released is now blind products. They, they're using a, what's called a draft pack model. So rather than your boosters, your two card, two dice boosters, you get three basic actions and was it 10 or 12 cards? Do you get three basic actions, do you? Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. Um, is it 12 cards in total? Uh, maybe it's been a while since I've opened one up, RJ. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> me as well. I, uh, don't look at me. <laughs> but the the idea is that you can buy a countertop display. You know, you and seven friends down at a local gaming store to, uh, take a uh, a draft pack. There's eight in a countertop display and just start a draft. You know, just straight out the the little card box that they come in. Um, but what that does mean is that rarity distribution is back in the narrative of being a dice masters player. And one thing of note that I, w- I will tell you in, in the interest of transparency and honesty is that some of the power cards that we've seen spoiled for the upcoming Dark Phoenix sets do appear to be a little bit on the you know on the yellow stripe red stripe side, um, which is a point of concern. It is, and especially because some of the, the super rares in this upcoming set are real harkbacks to some of the the old classics, like um, give us an example, uh, Human there's Torch. A, Human Torch. There's a new Blue Eyes White Dragon. There's a new Jinzo. They, they're they're reprinting game texts in the modern context. Oh, I remember the. Oh, this this is so cool. Because you're saying these names, I'm like, oh, I remember. I, I still have my blue eyed, uh, blue eyed white dragon, and then I didn't even know what Yu Gi Oh was. I just knew the card was was fun, and then yeah, the Jin, the the Jinzo. If I remember correctly, it was the yellow stripe. No, it was the red stripe that that everybody wanted, right? Uh, it was yes. yellow stripe, but you couldn't find it for love and money. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> I, I'm I'm confusing the colors. Which is common? Common is uh, gray. 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 And then uncommon was green. green. And then rare, rare was... was the yellow. Oh, rare was yellow. Oh, right. Uh, super, super rare. Was red. Super rare. Right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it was the yellow that everybody wanted of the Jinza. Yes, I that's like, right. I yeah. like that quiz. That's oh, nice. I remember that. But see, <laughs> yeah. I'm still getting excited about this. This is the problem. This is how they get you. Well, Blind sure. But... Sure, but my goodness, I'm I'm excited about it. That being said, I'm still going to stick to my little cup you know you know the the grays finding the grays that are fun and having a good time with that because that's the thing if you're a new player to this game you can do whatever you want it's not like you have to only get the meta dice and the meta cards to potentially win and have fun you will obviously be at a bit of a disadvantage but sometimes that's that makes it more enjoyable for me when i beat shadow meld oh my goodness oh my goodness it's going to be great i assume but when i beat other like decently good players or when i would beat them uh it was always a huge it was always a huge thing because i would only play with the commons and they would sure. mix in the uncommons and the rares and stuff and it was always a good time so that's one thing i'll say to new players as well you don't necessarily have to get all of the super rares all of the rares or anything like that you really don't no absolutely not and there's um a, a strong community uh, again certainly in the in the online space but we're seeing this increasingly more frequently at uh, kind of local store level around theme related play where there's almost uh, an escalating worldwide competition to find the jankiest weirdest 
team building restrictions that you can develop so that people end up using the cards that ordinarily would just gather dust in your binder. Vixen. Yeah. Uh, well, Vi- yeah, Vixen's an absolute power card. She's a beast. The best um, of all time, the boat as it were. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're big advocates. Well, one that we particularly love doing is we like just simple stuff like uh, single affiliation. You know, let's let's build the Avengers team from the movies. And and actually, my favorite team ever, honestly, was uh, an Avengers team full of commons and uh, ones from. I think I think I had I think I had some, but my my favorite die, die of all time was Giant Man. The the simple basic giant man from way back in the day. Yes, <laughs> just get him all spun up to the, those those massive stats. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there's there's definitely cards of that type in in the game right now that that your experience of playing with that in the past will. It's the old like riding a bike analogy. Yeah, single affiliation is good because of the the amount of choice that you've got over the course of the whole different sets. So. Um, I've got an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. team, which I love, which goes through, like, from from Age of Ultron kind of up to, um, was it that OP Black Widow, which came out last year? It's probably like There's another Black OP Widow. Black Widow? There's more Black Widows than teeth in a shark. I, <laughs> I understand that reference. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's an in joke, folks. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, it was actually thematic too. I liked it. I butchered the the wording, but those who know, know they know. <laughs> Which is basically us three. <laughs> yeah. How can there be so many Black Widows and no Namors other than the, the classics? Come on, Wizkids. Yeah, know. yeah, you were you were saying before that um, the Submariner was one of your favourite characters. Uh, well, we can only but hope. Keep our fingers crossed for you, RJ, that a name or Submariner appears in the. There's a Fantastic Four versus Galactus box set on the way. That's going to be a a starter set um, that's tentatively scheduled for a summer release. I think around June. That's exciting. How many characters would you normally have in a set like that? Yeah, um, it, is it eight? Hard. Yeah, it's no, hard to it's say normal. right now because if they, if they do a campaign box, which is the the kind of larger starter we were talking about earlier, then they have how many do they have in them? Loads. Yeah, more the better amount. because it's more likely that Namor gets in if that's the case. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, there's certainly a lot of excitement about the the fact that we're finally getting a Sue Storm card in the game. She was uh, considered an o- oversight back in the days. Has she <laughs> ever had a card? Ever? No, she's never no. never had a card. What? Yeah. There was one designed many, many years ago, and some new players will will not be aware of this or never seen it. You may have, though, RJ, because you and I were both very active on the Reserve Pool uh, forum and the blog pages at this time. There was a glimpse at some of the Fantastic Four design cards that never saw the light of day, and Sue Storm was one of them, I seem to recall. I think I think Paul Kushner had them. Had Did the he? Images, yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody needs to show me those because there was a there was a time where I, I I posted more than anyone else ever. I was number one on the the total posts list, and I would post every single day. And like I would try to find something in every topic to try to create more conversation. And I I've seen so many posts. I don't remember these these images. I didn't even realize that Mister Fantastic only had three cards. So that is 
that is a travesty. And I'm thrilled that this uh, new set is going to be coming out in June. And I guess the, the last question is uh, in regards to this new set that's coming out, because I understand I was under the impression that it might actually be out by the time we, we did this podcast, but I guess not. Uh, what, what's the latest on this? Do you guys yes. know? Yes. Well, so uh, this episode is going out in a week on Monday as we're recording. So we're, we're, we're about nine or ten days away from the episode's release. But as of time of recording, in fact, I, I posted a blog post on on my website just a little earlier today on the subject. The set is printed. It's in the warehouse, certainly in North America. We normally have a little bit of a delay on our side at the Atlantic. But there has been a distribution issue, and they've not been able to ship it out to retailers and the WizKids logistics team are busying themselves away trying to figure out a solution and, and get it solved so we're recording on the day it was due to release oh geez yeah and then there was a bit of noise earlier on in the week where retailers were starting to get word that it, it wasn't on the back of the trucks which then obviously trickled out into spaces like facebook and then WizKids stepped in and popped a message on and just said look full transparency it's printed it's done it's here it's made its way from the orient we've got it <laughs> we just we just haven't got it out we can't get it out the door at the warehouse right now so that's the latest we know do you know what they need what do they need andy they need Smokey and the bandit <laughs> <laughs> he can deliver anything anywhere yeah. yeah if if you don't like your state's beer you can have the beer from the next state across the border. Okay. Sounds like a win-win situation for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's on the phone to Burt Reynolds right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm certain he is. I'm certain he's... Uh, I, Jimmy may even well be in a minivan himself. <laughs> <laughs> Delivering draft packs to... <laughs> yeah, touring the nation. Across the he's, east coast of... of um, <laughs> Yeah. he's helping the community and seeing the country it's it's, yeah. it's win-win as rj says <laughs> absolutely but yeah it's so we don't have uh for obvious reasons they're quite cautious about announcing a specific date at this stage i'll be very clear folks we're, we're recording in advance of the podcasts so fingers crossed you've release. already got it in your hands but if you haven't then you should do soon yeah yeah um, but it's, it's, it's a great set, RJ, and it's certainly, in terms of choosing a point to sort of re-enter the game, the set does strike a nice balance between revisiting some of the tried and tested and true of years gone by, but also introducing some new mechanics and some new flavours to the game that mean it's fresh for the longer-standing players as well. It's The, the set has a, a lovely balance. So as we said before, you'll you'll read game text and you'll go, oh, right, I know that one, that's a Jinzo. And it, you, know, <laughs> you, can take, you can take to that like a duck to water, but then you'll, you could also read a card and go, oh, this is interesting. Loyalty tokens, what can I do with that? And it's a whole new mechanic where you can buff your characters. You did just give me an idea, though. You gave me one last final question, unless oh, I come sure. up with another one. But is there a card or a die like Professor X that you have to have on your team? <laughs> That's a throwback to the second set ever, Uncanny I mean, well, X-Men, I think. Uh, you'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find even a, a fresh noob who hasn't heard about PXG uh, by this point. But um, no, there isn't, actually. In fact... The there's been some nerfed versions 
Um, for example, there's been some globals where you can do the game effect, but only in your own turn, for example. But no, there is, there's not. Uh, in fact, what I would say is that the meta, just, just kind of circling back around to sort of tying it in to one of your early questions about card rarities and is there cards that, you know, that people want to get their hands on. Even the most competitive teams, I would argue there's four, well, we have what we call the big three, which are kind of three win condition archetypes that are doing very well in competitive play at the moment, but there's probably another, your tier 1.5 has got another three or four teams in it that sort of skirt the edges. And so even your meta at the top of the pyramid is quite wide. It's, it's, it's yeah. flat, and, and therefore there's not one card that has risen to the top there. Everyone's like, I must have that card in order Fantastic. to even survive, you know. Best Besides which, PXG's pants. No, PXG is the best. <laughs> I couldn't remember what I couldn't remember what it was, PXG. Thank you. That's what it was. That's, yeah, yeah. Zipping them two dice left and right on your mat, looking like yep. some kind of street hustler. Um, amazing you had to have it you had to have it back in the day it was absolutely must use and i'm thrilled that that's not a thing anymore boys you have done it i'm in i'm in (laughs) he's in he's in folks there we go excellent well that is music to our ears so yeah hopefully then folks that if you're out there if you're a a longer standing player just sort of dipping your toe back in perhaps listening to a, a one of our more recent episodes thinking what's going on what's new in dice masters right now then hopefully our conversation with rj today has given you some insights that will help you as rj was looking for help on kind of make a decision about whether the time is right to come and join us in our big 2022 for dice masters but of course we have to acknowledge the fact that wasn't it simply just a pleasure to have that luxurious velvety radio voice back with us once again on a dice masters podcast two things somebody do the impression of me every time because every time i I come on here you do you do the impression (laughs) i don't know who's doing it both of us at any one given time rj retro rj that's no now i sound like a farmer now now rj retro it's, do I did I do that? Did I used to do that back in the day? I don't remember doing that. You no, know, they are both yeah. really terrible impressions. RJ Retro <laughs> or something. I don't there know. it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> RJ Retro. Yeah, we're, we're probably Pearl. we're probably pirating it up a bit too much. Yeah. R me T. Between between you and Isaac, the, the, I think there's many a glass tumbler out there. Oh in the my world. word! When oh. I, it's like Jurassic Park, do a bit in Jurassic Park where like. Boom, and then the, the the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes into view. Like listening to, to to Isaac on the podcast, like if you had a cup of water on your dashboard, it did that because his, <laughs> his voice was so deep. And that dude hasn't gone yeah. through any sort of radio training or anything. He just that's that's just him. That's just his voice. Yeah. Just yeah. Him. <laughs> you want to talk about like I, I said to you guys, I, I love how you guys are are awesome people on and off the mic. That dude sounds like that. That's how he sounds. That is his voice. That's just yes. who he is. I love it. Yes, we, we can confirm <laughs> that that is the case. Yeah, it's insane. But yeah, one of the things that I always used to appreciate about you, RJ, was just that 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 radio voice. Just, just oh, I can only dream. No erms from you, is there? No, smooth. It is. The, the mouth and the brain just well connected. The secret is to not have one and just use the other. <laughs> If you think too much, that's when the uhs and the ums start to 
show themselves. Just don't even think. Just spout off. If if that was the case, RJ, we would be sounding so much more professional. Than <laughs> you sound pretty professional, my friend. Take that as you will. Oh, well, thank you. I pre- for coming from you, from a man in industry, that... That, that means a lot absolutely well uh, we'll wrap that one up there but RJ it's been an absolute pleasure to have you come and join us here on the Ministry of Dice today thank you so very much for coming along and doing that, that little reverse interview and helping a few folks out who might be in the same boat as yourself we'd love usually to have at this back. time usually at this time people say something along the lines of feel free to come back anytime at which point I will and I'll take advantage of that fact yeah it's just been yeah. good absolutely okay. and uh, if, if anyone wanted to uh, reach out to you is there what's the best way for them to find you or track you down well if they're in canada they just have to walk outside and go hey rj and uh usually uh, that works uh, i i've actually been wor- working on trying to change up my social media handles and stuff so i think my twitter handle right now is the red raven ca as in canada and so that's also my name on the discord so feel free to stalk me if you want that would be cool uh, this is a brand new Twitter account, so don't be thrown off by the fact that I have 10 followers. I don't even know who the 10 followers are. Uh, well, you're about to get an 11th. I've got my phone in front of me right now. Hey, I'll follow you right back, too. Cool. Nice. You'll be my first uh, Dice Masters follow, because I think mainly on here it's been sports and stuff. I would follow you, but I don't know my password for Twitter. Uh, and even if you did, you wouldn't know how to use it. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> you could try something along the lines of uh, RJ is not a good human one two three four i feel like it might be something like that (laughs) (laughs) well there we are then folks we'll wrap that one up there and move on to the next segment well there we are then folks as all things must this episode of the ministry of dice has come to an end we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it and we did what was that about? I don't know. Just, Where did he come you from? Just, you just muted, and that that wonderful velvety tone came in. I don't like that. I don't like where this is going. And join me for a moment. Uh, that's it for this show, folks. We'll be back in two weeks' time, but there's not a great deal else to wrap up on. Well, you know, well, I, I, I was reading one of my favourite blogs, but games. The other day, and, and <laughs> you, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the interview he had with uh, a a true pioneer of the gaming industry, <laughs> the Paisley Prince. The Paisley Prince. <laughs> it was only only the true Mister Six himself on Bert <laughs> Games. It's true, yeah. So Bert's Tabletop Games is a, a board game blog. He's fairly well known in some quarters. Uh, um, you know, I've seen him out and about. Hey and, Bert, uh, Bert, hey Bert, hey Bert. Um, and uh, yeah, you go to touch and ask me if I'd answer a few questions for him. He is a Dice Masters fan from back in the day. He was expressing a little bit of interest in the fact that he was. Hopefully going to be a big year for Dice Busters in 2022. And got in touch and asked if I'd answer a few questions for him. Uh, and she has some thoughts on a few ideas. So I did. So if you head on over to Bert.Games, you'll find a community interview. He does loads. He, he's interviewed board game artists, m- miniature sculptures, sculptors, uh, designers, all sorts of folks. Yeah, there was a little interview with me. 
in there on the theme of like a small game community, I suppose would be the way I'd describe it. Yeah. Didn't didn't want to speak to a former UK national championship then. No, well, he was very well aware that your best days are behind you. <laughs> I went to Worlds. Oh, did you? I'll tell you about it sometime. Yeah, you'll have to tell me about that sometime. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I've been Chris, otherwise known online as the true Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. right in the dice bag. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Amazing. That's yeah. also now my new ringtone. <laughs> Believe it or not, Andy is not at home. You know. <laughs> now that is my new ringtone. <laughs>